Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Thursday, November 24th, and we are getting right into it. There was a mass shooting at a gay nightclub, Q Club, which I think is interesting, the fact that Club Q is what was attacked. You know, if you're on the right and you know anything about Q, it, it just, whenever you hear that, it, it pops up. And it initially made me think that, well, maybe there's something more to this than, than, than what we think. But no, it's exactly what we thought it was. It turned out to be a gay man was pissed off about something, went into the nightclub, blew it up, killed several people. I'm not going to mention this name. I'm not going to mention the location. We're just going to get into the details of what the left has done with this information. Initially, when this story came out, what did we hear from the get-go? Some crazy right-wing nut job went in there and blew up this club. And they probably did it because it had to do with Trump. And, you know, the the Q Club and, and Club Q in it, it probably had. That's what we heard initially. And the moment, the moment that we hear that it's a trans man that did this, I shouldn't say a trans man. I shouldn't say a trans man. When we heard that it was an LGBTQ community member that had done this, had had harmed people within his own community, all of a sudden it changed. And they say that, now keep in mind, this man has been charged with murdering several people, but that he's going to claim he's gay or trans so that he gets the benefit of some emotional support. This is the left. I thought that when somebody says that they're a woman or somebody says that they're a man, we're supposed to believe them. We don't get to second guess them for whatever their purpose may be. We don't get to do that. No, we have to take them at their word for who they are. We have to trust them. We have to trust the word of the person who says, I'm gay or I'm trans. I'm a man or I'm a We have to take that. If we don't, we're the haters. Here's the haters from CNN second guessing this man and saying, well, maybe, maybe he's just doing it so that he can get some emotional support. Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns, and for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. Okay, so if you if you listen closely there, they've laid out what the rules are. The person's claim they're they're trans, they want to use these pronouns, but they're going to be called this during court proceedings. Okay? Here goes the left doing what the left does, throwing this man under the bus because he doesn't meet their narrative. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. They've been looking into his background. We haven't heard that. We haven't heard that. We didn't know anything about that. So, um, yeah, it probably isn't true. Now, keep in mind, these are the same people that FTX just fooled, that Elizabeth Holmes just fooled, that Jesse Smollett fooled. Yeah, they're idiots. These people are idiots. So when they say that they've looked into something, you can't fucking believe them because they're fucking idiots, number one, and they're liars, second. CNN continues. And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know if, the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th it, that's what he's now saying. It, it sounds like they're trying to prepare a defense against a hate crimes charge. That's the least of his problems, legally speaking. But He's absolutely right. This is the least of his concerns. Hate crime? You killed several people. The hate crime issue doesn't even come into play at this point. Who gives a fuck? 
Dead is dead. Regardless of if you killed somebody because it was a mistake or you killed somebody because um, you were mad at them or you, 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 you killed somebody because they were gay or black or white or whatever else. Dead is dead. Adding another, another penalty on top of that, it really doesn't matter. How many times can you put somebody in prison for life? How many times can you execute somebody? One time. That's it. So these added things are to make people feel better. They're going to, they're going to uh, put somebody in jail with an added crime of a hate crime. Okay, so the fuck what? If you're in life for the rest of your life, or if you're in prison for the rest of your life, do you really give two shits if you're going to be there twice? You've got two life sentences? Well, that means that if they go up for parole that they can't get out as easily. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They're not getting out. They killed several people. It was pre- premeditated homicide. They went and purchased a gun. They walked into an establishment and they blew people away. Why are we second guessing this? But not these guys. These guys are now saying, well, we think that they're just doing this gay thing so that it lightens the sentence. How is it going to lighten the sentence? The murder sentence is the hardest, harshest sentence that you're going to get. Adding a hate crime to it? Are you fucking serious? But yeah, these, these asshats are. It's like they're trying to build some kind of sympathy or at least confusion on the question of whether or not this was purely motivated by hate. Such a, I mean, that is what it sounds like. We'll wait to see. We're going to wait to see. That's what it sounds like. These are the morons that are giving you the information on it. That's fake news. They have no idea. They don't know. But they're throwing this guy under the bus because it doesn't meet the narrative that they want to push on the American people. We saw it with, from Brzezinski uh, on MSNBC, where she said, hey, we're the ones who are supposed to make people believe what we want them to believe. Not you, not anybody else, us. It's our job to do that. Over the last few months, one of the issues that I've been really, really pushing really hard is for people to dig, get information. Don't just trust me. Don't just trust the mainstream media. Don't trust your favorite influencer. Don't trust anybody. Go get it for yourself. Learn the information for yourself. Learn what you need to learn to, to make the decisions for yourself on a daily basis where you have the information based on what you've learned, not what you've heard from somebody else, but you've gone to the sources. One of the sources that I look at, or two of them actually in this country, are Dr. Peter McCullough, who we're going to hear from here in just a moment with a dire warning of what's going on, and Dr. Joe, uh, Robert Malone. These two men have, have proven time and time again that the information that they're willing to give is truthful based on their, uh, their opinions, based on their years of experience. If you don't know, Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the most published physicians on the planet. He's definitely the most um, published physician in his field in the U.S. Here he says that we've got some major concerns. FDA, our government agencies, and I want everyone to understand this, our government agencies are involved in a biological safety cover-up of death after COVID-19 vaccination. Some of it's due to fatal myocarditis, some of it's fatal blood clots, some of it's just fatal allergic reactions. Most of the deaths occur within a couple of days of taking the, the, the injections, so it's like these two boys die in Connecticut. It's within a couple days. Ernesto Ramirez, so there's a father. He's a truck driver, he's a single father. He's got a 16-year-old boy. He doesn't know, he's afraid of COVID, he's not sure what to do. There's all this messaging. So what does he do? He takes, the father takes the shot first to make sure it's safe. And he has a sore arm. He's otherwise okay. Then he tells this 16-year-old boy, go ahead and take the shot. And that right there, how many times have we heard this story? 
What Peter McCullough is about to tell you should scare the shit out of everybody. Anyone who took this drug should be concerned about what it could potentially do to their body, what it could potentially do to their future. Well, we didn't know. How is it that I knew? How is it that I knew that the information that we were being told was a lie? Because I researched it. I jumped into it. I didn't trust anybody else. I went to the source to find out, is the information that I'm hearing from the mainstream media, is it true? So when we started hearing, hey, if you get this, you can't get it, you can't pass it on, and you won't die from it. And if you do get sick, it won't be nearly as bad. But what did we just hear in the news here in the last two days from the Washington Post? What we heard was is that the vast majority of those now dying from COVID are fully vaccinated. That's why Peter McCullough is telling you this. I'm not here to scare you. I don't make any money from this. I make I don't make a dime from what I do. These podcasts and these, the, these broadcasts that I do, I don't make a dime from this. I, I don't get speaking engagements. I don't sell T-shirts. I don't sell merch. I'm here to tell you this information because we're seeing that the evidence is true. What we thought was true a year and a half ago, that the numbers were pushing toward this direction, what we thought a year and a half ago to be true, we've learned is. We've learned that what we thought the numbers showed, these people are dying at this rate. They're getting sick. They're getting, They're vaccinated. They're fully boosted. But when they get sick again, they die. They don't get better. We've been saying that now for a year and a half. The evidence is now borne out in that. Dr. McCullough continues. A two-year-old boy takes a shot, dies of myocarditis. They had me review the autopsy. Got an autopsy. It's fatal myocarditis. And you know what he did? The father did? He went out to tell America that this can happen. And my son clearly died of the vaccine. He was offered money to shut up he'll tell the story and i think americans should hear the story that right there is what we need to hear we need to hear more and more of these we need to hear the stories of of complications we need to hear the story of of harm um, we need to hear the stories of death we need to hold these people accountable so they can't do it not just to us they've already done it to us so they cannot do it in the future that our politicians can't take our freedoms because they're scared of a virus or they've been paid to be scared of a virus. That's what we're now finding. Isn't that interesting? What we said from the get-go is now proven to, proven to be true, that our politicians were paid off. They're selling our country down the river because they get a few shekels right now. They're 40 pieces of gold they can have right now. Isn't that interesting? During the um, lead-up to the midterms, there are uh, several polls. One thing that kept coming out in poll after poll after poll after poll is how fucked we are um, and how the economy is fucked. And the numbers from the poll showed that Americans, they trust Republicans with getting the country back on track inflation-wise more than they trust Democrats. Demi Democrats, now, now, I got to give it. Republicans aren't much better at spending these days. I got to give them that. We've got to stop this bullshit. We've got to become um, fiscally conservative again. The, the polls show that the American people trust Republicans way more than they trust Democrats. But, but the elections, well, the elections didn't prove that out, did they? The elections showed that, well, Democrats and Republicans and independents, they must trust the Democrats on this area. Because in all of these heated races, it was neck and neck when we went. To, the polls showed that the Republicans had huge leads. It, 
10, 15, 20, 30%. And then the day of the election, all of a sudden it disappears. That lead disappears on the day of the election. What the fuck happened? We're going to look at two different things here. First of all, we're going to go to um, MSNBC or CNN, rather. And then we're going to go to Brazil. And we'll we'll tell you what we believe that the situation is and what's going on. We think that you'll you, you, you'll know what we think, because I think if you're here watching this, then you already believe the exact same thing. But from CNN, they're explaining exactly what the American people by polls, what the American people are saying is most important to them. And then look at how we'll look at how the polls on Election Day were different. Look at the situation in, in Arizona where Kerry Lake had a solid 10 to 12 percent um, lead. For months going into this election, and it's neck and neck. Listen closely. Committee hearings. It is not Donald Trump. It's inflation, according to 33% of Americans. That is the top issue. And who is trusted more on the issue of inflation? The margin right here is absolutely huge. Republicans are trusted over Democrats by 19 points. And that is why, at this particular point, Republicans still lead on that generic congressional ballot. So you would say all, all, all anybody with a serious mind would say that then then Republicans should have had a huger impact on the elections. I'll give you this. The last time the last time um, that we had and I don't know if you've know these numbers yet, but the in the, in the last election in the midterms, Republicans had a surplus of five million plus votes. They beat Democrats across the country with a surplus of 5 million votes. The, the last time that that happened, the last time that, a, that the Republicans beat the Democrats with a surplus of 5 million votes, they picked up 30 to 40 seats in the House. 30 to 40 seats in the House they picked up with 5 million, with a surplus of 5 million votes. We had to battle to get two or three because something isn't right. Something is not right with our elections. The, the midterms bore that out. And the fact that we're still waiting on Arizona to come up with, with what happened in Arizona, that should scare the shit out of everybody. But in Brazil, they know what happened. If you're not watching what's going on in Brazil, it is a prelude to what's happening here in 2024. The streets are on fire. They, they, they just broke into parliament. The farmers broke into parliament in, in Brazil because they're upset about the election. They're upset about upset about the, the taxes that are being pushed on them. The people around the world are done. They do not want this great reset. They do not want what we're going through. And how do I know that? Because they're showing up in mass. Here's Eduardo Bolsonaro. He is the son of the um well, the, the, the candidate for president in Brazil who was just cheated. Similarly, he was asked by a US reporter. Is what's going on in here in Brazil, is it similar to what happened in the U.S. in 2020? Here's Eduardo Bolsonaro's response. America, did they, did they steal Brazil like they stole America, the election? Pretty much the same way. We have a lot of questions. Our party is doing a suggesting for the electoral court and a deep investigation because you have a lot of evidences. Unfortunately, they are not doing that. That's why people are still in the streets. Today... We have 18 days that people are on the streets protesting, not only that because they do not want a criminal again in the presidency, but also because the way that the campaign uh, happened in Brazil. And this evidence about the machines is only one thing. We have much other things that the electoral court didn't go in a, in a right way during the campaign. Thank you. There you go. That's it right there.
They're doing it all around the world, world, folks. It's no longer a fucking conspiracy theory. We're seeing it time and time again. The exact same machines are being used around the planet to steal elections. So the question for you is, and what Eduardo was saying there, is that for 18 days, the Brazilian people have been in the streets. 18 days. These are some of the poorest people on the planet. For 18 days, they've given up making any money. They've given up doing anything other than doing the right thing for their country. When does it happen here? When does it happen here in this country? That's why you should go back and listen to yesterday's podcast and where we dive into what we believe is just some of the signs to show you we no longer live under constitutional rule. We no longer live under the rule of law. Our country has been sold out. Thanks for joining today. This is a short one. Just wanted to jump in here on Thanksgiving and give thanks for the country we do live in, for the rights that we do have. As bad as the rest of the world is, and as bad as it is right here in the U.S. right now, it's not as bad as it is on some other places on the planet. So with that being said, happy Thanksgiving. Um, if you haven't joined Kramer Says yet, go do it. KramerSays.com, C-R-A-M-E-R-S-E-Z, C-R-A-M-E-R-S-E-Z.com. It is a free speech platform. We welcome you to come over there and join us. Um, come in. We're building. It's, it's not perfect. We know that. But that's how we start. That's how this, this re revolt against this tyranny that we see in our country starts, is by joining together, becoming a voice, and not being afraid to stand up for our rights. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. Thanks for joining me on Thanksgiving. We'll see you again soon. We'll see you again tomorrow or as soon as we can. See you. Bye-bye.